Hello, and welcome to Masters of Divinity. I'm your moderator, JP. Uh, we're back, and I'm here with, with Father Chuck. Hey! Uh, you're here with us, with me, with Chuck, and my closet. Um, if you're watching, you know, our, our, our truncated video, uh, if you're just listening, uh, you probably didn't need to hear that part. I'll just edit that out. Doesn't even make any sense anymore. <laughs> JP is, uh, JP is uh, he, he, you can tell that he is not trapped in the closet because the closet is behind him. No, I am not R. Kelly. So we are here. The Masters of Divinity are back. We missed you. Have you missed us? Uh, let us know in the comments if you missed us. <laughs> Chuck, how are you doing? How was your August? My August was, uh, well, my in-laws came from the continent. By the way, I have learned that it is not appropriate to call it the mainland. Oh, really? Okay. Because from the Hawaii perspective, Hawaii is the mainland. Interesting. So, so uh, or the OEV, the OEV, the people um, perspective. So, uh, so the continent what we call them, the, 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 the big part of where the United States are located. Um, my in-laws came to visit and they stayed with us for a month and it was cool um, to have them around. Um, my father-in-law grew up here in Oahu. Um, and so we got to go visit the house that his, I mean, we've been to it before, Kana and I, but this was the time we got to bring him because he's not been back to Hawaii in 65 years. And so we took him to the house that, his dad built the house that he grew up in. It's still standing. He got to see it. And then he found a guy that grew up in the time that he was there. Like they weren't necessarily friends when they were kids, but they knew all the same people. And so they ended up getting to like reminisce and all that kind of stuff, which was fun. Um, my father-in-law, again, who is a, a man well into his seventies, uh, he and I uh, jumped off a cliff while he was here. And it's I really, as in, as super heroic. I love to hear it. Yeah, China, China Walls. If you look up uh, the point at China Walls, if you look that up on the internet, you will find out that um, it is a frequent place where 911 calls are made. Um, and so we went to go see it, and he was like, I kind of want to jump. I was like, I'll do it too, right? Like, I was like, let's do it. And I convinced him to jump. And then I realized I'm a bad influence because what do your parents always say? If so-and-so tells you to jump off a cliff, would you do it? And Ray did it because I told him to. So I'm a bad influence. Okay, but you need to. So so next time your parent turns it around, say, well, if you jumped off a cliff, I would probably have to because you're my parent, right? There you go. I mean, <laughs> your charge is following the rules, right? Like that—that that is the point of the question, isn't it? No, no. Um, yeah. but it was fun, and we had a fun week. So that was—I mean—that was basically been my August is having in-laws in town and. Uh, and, uh, it, it, you know, it's one of the cool things about having people um, come to Hawaii is that we get to experience Hawaii kind of anew through their eyes when it's the first time for some people or first time in a long time for people. And so that's always exciting for us. It kind of reminds us why we love living here as if we needed more reasons. But yeah. So how about you? How was your August? Uh interesting eye-opening actually uh for those of you who don't know and you probably don't actually i took a two-week long break from social media at the beginning of the month 
and uh, actually, I wouldn't call it a social media break. I called it a, I called it a uh, dopamine detox. Yeah. So it wasn't just Facebook and Instagram. It was also uh, Reddit, YouTube, um, and basically anything I would ever use on my phone or on my laptop to get like a rush of dopamine. Now, I did cheat a little bit because I did use YouTube a few times, but they were for like, I mean, I needed to use it for something. <laughs> I needed to like look something up, you know what I mean? It wasn't like, I wasn't like watching Lindsay L's video or something. It was just like, I needed to use it. Um, same thing with Reddit. There were a couple times where I had to like look something up and like Reddit was the best place to find it. Um, and it was interesting. The transformation that happened was eye-opening. It really reminded me of, <laughs> because what's also interesting is what happened after my two-week-long break. Because do you remember the episode, Chuck, when Homer goes to space in The Simpsons? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, there were other candidates to go to space instead of him, and one of them was Barney, you know, the drunk guy at uh, yeah. Mo. And he actually, like, during the, while he's preparing and, like, for the candidacy or whatever, for the test or whatever, the, the audition or I don't know what, the astronaut's audition for. <laughs> While he's going through the whole process, he's, he quits drinking and he becomes just like great at everything. And he's like surpassing Homer at everything. He even becomes like physically like fit and can do like somersaults and stuff. And he's like doing flips and he's like a genius. And then they celebrate by giving him a beer or something or like champagne and he goes he instantly goes back to like being a drunk and that's how homer gets to become an astronaut because barney failed because barney turned to alcohol again same thing happened by the <laughs> end, by the by the end of my two week long break i'm reading books um i'm like i've decided that i am uh, say except for this podcast i'm no longer going to be concerned with content creation I'm going to try to become a filmmaker again because I had a great idea for writing. A script came to mind and like came together. Uh, and I, I was starting to feel better about myself. And then it ended and I'm like, let's just step on Twitter for a minute. Let's <laughs> it just. It's Twitter, man. Twitter's the worst. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Yeah, I know. I, I don't even use Facebook and somehow I just I got sucked into that too. Um, and it's weird how it just like another thing that I was able to do during this two week break, I watched like 35 movies, which is more movies than I've watched in a very long time. And it felt great to be able to watch a freaking movie. And I realized that's what's been stopping me. Social media zaps me so much that like I can't even I don't even have the bandwidth to do the things that I enjoy. You know, you know, your two weeks didn't have to end, JP. You could have just kept going. I know, and I should have. I'm starting to think that I should have. Like Father Fun. Father Fun is, um, I'm, I'm sure, it, I, I can't remember if this ever came up in the podcast or not, but, you know, he's a vegan. And, yeah. you know, his, his his veganism, I think also for his wife, Michael, too, not entirely sure, but I know for sure Patrick's veganism started that he was like, I'm going to try this for Lent. And he did 40 days of veganism, and he just never stopped interesting just liked it and was just like okay i can just keep doing this i, I just I, I guess i just couldn't do it in the end um but it was fascinating just to finally realize that like the reason why i don't watch it why i don't even watch enough movies is because something else is taking like all of my bandwidth away 
and I don't know any other word. I think bandwidth is the right word. Yeah. But, well, I remember one year toward end of college for Lent, I gave up music, like listening to music. So yeah. like I wouldn't listen to any music for 40 days. So like I would drive just in silence, you know, cause I was just sort of like wanted to be comfortable with silence right. and all that. And I remember the weirdest thing that happened is that it was almost like, they say that like when you diet, that as you like give up food or whatever, like I guess like intense fasting or whatever, that you start getting these weird cravings as your body is sort of working through like stuff you've eaten in the past, like, you know, as you're digesting it, like flavors and stuff are kind of coming back to mind. And so you get these weird cravings, like something you hadn't had in years or whatever. I don't know if this is true or not, but this was what happened when I, when I gave up music is like songs would just randomly pop in my head that I hadn't listened to in years. It was almost like my brain was like, processing like dealing with all of this like letting it kind of come out and do its thing and it yeah. sounds like kind of had a similar experience with like that's why you were like coming up with screenplay ideas and yeah. all that it kind of reminded me of like being in college yeah because when we were in college you kind of like the only i remember the first two years in college the only time i could use the internet is if i went to the computer lab mm-hmm and so when I wasn't there, I was like, I was in the dorm hanging out with you, hanging out with other friends, whatever. But like my creative juices were like on fire during that period too. You know, I remember I had like a whole book, a note, notebook full of bad poetry. <laughs> I still have one. Yeah, mine too, it's somewhere. Um, I kept all those notebooks. Um, I don't know, I may try it again because- Just, you know, you can't trust yourself, right? This stuff isn't programmed to make us addicted. Right. This is how it is for me. So I took, I've taken all social media apps off my phone, just straight up to leave them all, like, other than like the signal app that we use, which I don't know really counts as social media. But I think, like, well, I should, I guess I should point out while I was during this two week break, I was still talking to you on signal and stuff, but I didn't yeah. really like a dopamine fix. It wasn't really doing right. that. Yeah. It's a little bit different when it's like basically texting. Right. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I took all that stuff off my phone a while ago, and and I Instagram Instagram is on my iPad, and my iPad is not even three G enabled, so like I have to be like you know like I have to sit down, you know I don't just generally like pull my my iPad out when I'm like sitting on the couch. And the reason I did away with Instagram on my phone is I just found myself scrolling for hours. Yeah, just that's the thing about Instagram, like. Uh, the Instagram doesn't doesn't make me angry. It doesn't annoy me. I don't I don't have like a flood of emotions like Twitter does, you know. Right. And so I'm like I'm just like a zombie. Mm-hmm. I'm just doing this. I'm just working out my thumb. That's right. all I'm. Doing. Yeah, and that's there's really something to be said about the fact that these companies have developed these things that you know they are there to steal our time. Yeah. Um, well, that's what Jenny O'Dell is. That's what her book, How to Do Nothing, is all about. I think you mentioned that on this podcast before that book. And she's a she's an avowed socialist too. So she talks about like the commodi- like the, the commodification of our attention. Um, and you know, and the thing too is economics. I know we're going to do an episode where we're going to talk about some of this stuff, but like I've been thinking a lot about like Instagram and how messed up it is that like. I do the work to take a photo and post it on their platform, but they're the ones who make money off. Yeah. 
Same thing can be said about YouTube. Like I'm pretty, yeah, yeah. Um, Sorry, that's, like, we're helping. We're helping Google make more money right now. Yeah, I know. So, um, I don't know. Maybe we should just like, maybe JP. What we need to do is this podcast needs to be like recorded on CD-ROM or DVD-ROM, <laughs> and you know, or that's the audio, or, or maybe we do like a like a occasional video compilation but like we actually just recorded on like cassette tape or floppy disk or something i don't know cd yeah cds it still works better and then we like mail it to our subscribers <clears throat> we can mail it to our subscribers and we can mail it to uh, uh cable access uh networks all over the country and see if they'll dude i would love it i would love it if we were like celebrities in sheboygan like we're on some kind of like <laughs> public access yeah <laughs> in kenosha yeah <laughs> people in wisconsin love us yeah <laughs> oh, i would love to be a celebrity in wisconsin <laughs> um, okay but having said that also i should point out uh i didn't count letterboxd right social media thing to detox on because i honestly i don't feel dopamine from using letterbox so letterbox was like my my internet landing page i spent a lot of time on letterbox <laughs> I, I i've written a ton of reviews guys a lot of reviews hey the other day like was it yesterday or the day before i almost pulled the trigger and started my letterbox account you should man it's not it's not, it. it's not like using twitter i know uh, the number of people who try to like twitter um i hate those people i don't like them uh they're the enemy and they're also the most most popular people on the site. Uh, so um, anyway, they suck. Yeah. Uh, okay. So but now, but speaking of that, we're gonna some stuff that we're gonna add to our letterbox right now. <laughs> Classic yeah. cinema. Totally. Yes. Um, so this week we decided that since we are in the last days of summer, that we would do a little ode to summer to say uh, to say uh, a, a, an episode to say goodbye to summer and what better way to do that than to talk about the jaws sequels haha <laughs> 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 got you you thought we were going to talk about jaws nope we're <laughs> talking about three movies jaws 2 jaws 3d and the legendary jaws the revenge uh, i have to apologize though chuck because i don't have gas i wasn't able to go to the library and pick up jaws the revenge it's okay i didn't have but, time i did not have time to watch these like okay. for this, but I have seen these movies so many times in my life that just looking at the Wikipedia like synopses, I'm like, oh yeah, I totally remember this movie. Yeah, like I was thinking about Jaws the Revenge, and as I was sort of going through it in my mind, I'm like, wow, I have a lot of opinions about this movie. Like I could convince someone <laughs> that I watched it right now, like because nothing happens in it. So, right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so let's let's do it. Let's get into it. Um, how do we start this? Should we just jump into Jaws 2? Yeah, why not? Okay. Let's, so. talk about Jaws 2. Let's talk about Jaws 2, the novelization that appeared in, uh, in Reader's Digest, where uh, there's an entire subplot involving Sean's pet seal. Wait, what? I didn't know that. Yeah. So there is a, there is a novelization of Jaws 2 that is completely unrelated to the movie Jaws 2 that involves Sean having a pet seal that, if I'm not mistaken, the pet seal fights and kills the shark at one point. Oh, my God. 
Well, I think that might have made it a little better. Here's, I want to say this right off the bat. I don't think Jaws 2 is a bad movie. No, it's not. I don't think it's, it's not like, it, it, it probably should have been a mess, but it wasn't. But like, according to Wikipedia, production was about as troubled as the first Jaws. And that surprises me. Because yeah. I would suspect that if it was as troubled as the first Jaws, it would have turned out to be a disaster. But it's not. It's, it's a very passable sequel. It's a very workman-like. To the point where I even said this to you earlier, there are, there are moments that, like, when I was a kid, that I would actually confuse scenes from Jaws 2 to scenes in the first Jaws. Because Jaws 2, they don't deviate that far from the plot because there's still, like, the council still does not believe, uh, believe Brody about the shark. Only in this one, they actually just end up firing him. <laughs> um, so, like, things like the, uh, the, uh, the, the shark tower, shark lookout tower. Yeah. Like, shooting at the bluefish. I always think that happens in the first movie. And I always think that the part where Sean is mimicking his dad, you know, with like the pencil and the, you know. Yeah. I always think it happens in the second one. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like the one that's blatantly Spielberg, I think, happens in like the non Spielberg one. The one that's blatantly non Spielberg happens in the first one. So, yeah. Um, I, but it's just out of habit, really, not because I'm stupid. Well, and here's my thing about Jaws 2. I think, like I said, I agree with you that it's not a bad movie. And it's, and it, and it is a, it, it's an okay sequel, too. Um, it's, what I think about Jaws 2, though, is that when people make shark movies, yeah. now everybody's trying to compare it to Jaws. Oh, they're trying to make Jaws. No, they're not. They're actually trying to make Jaws 2. <laughs> yeah. Because... Everyone, everyone seems to think that when they think of Jaws, they think of the first half of Jaws. Right. And the shark eating people. If you think back to the first Jaws, the shark doesn't actually eat that many people. No. But, like, the body count in Jaws, too, is hilarious. Because, like, I even remember years ago watching it. I think back in college I watched this because I bought, like, all of these on DVD and I watched it. And I, I, maybe I watched it with you. But I just remember watching Jaws, too, and being like, Okay, like, aside from the fact that no shark actually eat, like, actively hunts and eats people, yeah. like, this thing's metabolism, like, it, it should be, like, full. Why is it continuing to eat people? Yeah, especially the, at, like, the last half of the movie when it's chasing all the kids on the sailboat, yeah. he eats, like, four people. Yeah. <laughs> Including a helicopter. Yeah, and it's like, dude, like... Shark stomachs aren't that big, right? Like in general, like a like you know, I used to sell fish. Fish, they don't actually eat need a whole lot of food. And the thing about sharks is because, especially great whites, because they're so large, they expend so much energy trying to get their food that like they like they eat what they eat and they hang on to it for a long time. So like it's just funny, like it just. The first Jaws is already questionable from a scientific standpoint in regard or a biological standpoint. The sequel, this thing isn't a shark. It is, well, I mean, it is a slasher villain, right? And that's the whole like yeah. thing, right? Yeah. This is splasher. The splasher genre, which I think is a great term. And what I love that you were the one who pointed out that Jaws 2 predates like Halloween. So it predates the slasher. 
And, but it hits all the tropes of the slasher. Pretty much. Even uh, has a weird face. Yeah, because it gets burned. Yeah, with a woman who just like just pours gasoline on herself, but and like self immolates. <laughs> this shark deserves a this this shark deserves a well a home cooked meal. I mean, I mean it's it was she definitely was not. It was supposed to be an accident, but like it's it's shot so poorly and blocked so poorly. It looks like she just just decides to get douse herself in gasoline. Yeah, like it is. Or something. It's a Wimplow moment. <laughs> <laughs> I'll defeat this shark by setting myself on fire. Um, but yeah, but yeah, things like that. Or uh, I love that, like, there's an explosion and those two, those two people, those two people die. And even when that happens, people are like skeptical. I don't know. There's no body out there. <laughs> yeah. And then finds it washing up on the shore and like loses it. And you try to tell him, like, someone, like, blew up, like, yeah, but did you see a body? Well, I, uh... <laughs> like... There is charred boat debris. That needs to be accounted for. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but I want to point out something that I that I love very much about Jaws 2. The poster? Uh, the, the poster is great. The Polish poster is even better. Uh, look it up online. It's awesome. It's very surreal. I want it. I, I want it. I want a yeah. copy. Um, but what I love the most about this, aside from Brody being back, of course, is I love the kids in this movie. <laughs> they because they are all such dorks. I don't Dude. know. I don't know that any of these kids are cool. Dude, I'm pretty sure one of those kids is the youth pastor from A Thief in the Night. Really? <laughs> there are at least two kids who look like John Lennon. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> this movie is, in case you were wondering if it was made in the 70s. Yeah. And the, these are the most 70s kids I've ever seen in my life. And I've seen some 70s horror movies starring teenagers. I don't think it gets worse. If the, it's, if it's the, a very folksy crowd. Right. If the, if the, if the costuming and like hair, it, the whole like aesthetics of these kids had been utilized for that 70s show, people would have been like, that's a little too, like, yeah, you're trying hard. I feel like that this is so 70s. I don't think these kids even listen to like Led Zeppelin. These yeah. are these are Jim Croce, Peter Paul and Mary, yes. right? <laughs> totally. That's what I I'm watching. It's like I don't think any of these kids are cool. I guess Tina might be cool because she's Miss Amity, but I don't know. These are very. I, this is not that 70s show. Like there isn't a there's not a hide anywhere. You know. I don't know. I did, I kind of dig the chicks in that movie when I was younger, but yeah. Well, I will say among those children, my favorite is is Marge, yeah. um, who probably gets shortchanged the most out of all of them, right? Well, she gets full on eaten. <laughs> yeah, because she was because she was saving Sean, who sucks by the way. <laughs> um, I don't, that's the thing you're gonna see throughout. I don't like Sean. And I, I'm glad he dies. Sean, <laughs> by the way, I, as I was as I was re revisiting this movie, the the whole plot of this movie, right, is these people putting their lives on the limb to save Michael and Sean, but mostly Sean because he's an innocent, right? Yeah. 
How cruel is his turn in Jaws the Revenge then? <laughs> I think it's fitting. I found it fitting. He annoys the crap out of me in this movie. And <laughs> annoys me a little bit more in the third movie. And um, but, but like considering the fact that even Universal tends to think that Jaws 3 isn't canon, right? Like we go straight from Sean, like narrow like Marge sacrifices her life to save this kid. And then we go right to the next time we see Sean. Like in an it ter- in an it parody, getting his arm yeah. torn off. By the way, I, I I always found Marge's death to be like kind of horrifying. Um, but when I watched it, I didn't notice the sound effect they use for like when the shark eats Marge. It sounds like a gulp. I I think I. <laughs> I think I hear a gulp. Correct me if I'm wrong. Look up Marge's death on YouTube. I'm sure it's on there. Um, <laughs> anyway, I like her. She's my favorite because she's cool. And I'm a little attracted to her. She's kind of bougie, sure. sure but yeah, this yeah. is Amity, you know? And Tina Tina is the one, right? To remind me, Tina's the one who ends up hiding in the bow of the ship after her boyfriend gets, like, slammed into the side of the boat, right? Yes. Um, That's a horrific death. My, that actually is my favorite death in the movie. Yeah, that, that was like a slash. Years. It's haunted me for years. Because think of that's so like calculated. When when, yeah. when the shark attacks somebody in the first movie, it just like attacks it when they're vulnerable. Right, so this feels so calculated. Like the first thing the shark does is ram the boat. Right. Because it was Ned, right? Ned falls out of the boat into the water. And then the next thing the shark does is distance Ned from the boat. He pushes the boat all the way. And you think, like, oh, he's trying to get the girl. No, 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 he's not trying to get Tina. He's after Ned. He just knows that, like, Ned has nowhere to go now. So he pushes the boat all the way. And then he comes after Ned. Doesn't just, like, take him down. He grabs Ned, pushes him into into the boat. Where Ned's, like, Harvey Vendel, like, great, great, great scene, by the way. <laughs> trying to get up and then just drag down. Total like- slash. And let's be honest, we don't see the fact that Ned is probably half of Ned trying to climb into the boat. Probably. And he just disappears. And then then just cut to Tina and her horrified face. No more music. Right. It's like, go away. Go away. away. (laughs) It's effective, though. It's a great scene. (laughs) It's a scene in the movie, without a doubt. Rivaled only maybe by the helicopter. Which oh, is so unexpected. <laughs> I got to tell you that you know, like I know people talk about Jaws, like in general, being like it made them afraid to go in the ocean and stuff like this, and like whatever. The scene with Tom, the scuba diver. Yes. Yeah. When shark comes out of that kelp forest. Yeah. That image is in my head, like every time I go snorkeling. Burned face and everything. Yeah. Every time I go snorkeling, I have that image. I did always think of that scene when I was going through my scuba instruction. Yeah. Um, because my instructor would often use that as an example of what happens if you go up and it surface too fast. Right, right, right. right. You do, it happens. <laughs> yeah, no, um, that's when the ambulance helicopter comes to airlift him and the shark eats the helicopter. Yeah. Okay, I'm just going to look this up real quick because I decided to look up on imdb the helicopter pilot uh-huh because he has such a distinct look great beard oh yeah he's got the abraham lincoln thing going 
and he he only has one credit listed on IMDb, and it is for Jaws 2. And I think, hold on, let's see if I can get this. I don't know if you knew this, Chuck, but originally, uh, in the deleted scene, there's actually like a whole scene that happens underwater with the helicopter pilot. Oh. And he's actually stuck inside the cockpit, and you can see the shark like trying to get inside, trying to grab him, he's like fighting him off. Until he eventually he eventually grabs him and pulls him out, uh, but they opted for the more scary version, which is scarier. Like, I, I, see, that's not a great movie, but like they they they, leave, they get Jaws, right? At least in the editing room. Yeah. Okay. So this is <laughs> the name of the actor who plays the helicopter pilot is named uh, Jerry M. Baxter. Jerry M. Baxter. And <laughs> on his on his IMDb page, it says a real life helicopter pilot and flight instructor. He flew helicopters in Vietnam and for his sheriff's department before, before setting up a crop dusting business. It was at this time the producers of Jaws 2 wanted their shark to eat a helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> and although they initially thought it absurd to bring to life on the screen, they decided that perhaps it would be believable if it were a small bubble helicopter. This gave Jerry the chance to be offered the part. In his one and only big screen appearance as the ill-fated helicopter pilot, his own personal helicopter was considered perfect for the type of chopper the producers wanted, and he and his helicopter were both hired to star in the film, though a model was used for the scenes with the shark attacks it, causing it to capsize. Jerry's role is now among the best-remembered scenes in the film, and fans have also gotten to see deleted footage of him on the DVD being attacked by the shark underwater following the helicopter capsizing. This scene was deleted due to the producers having to cut the amount of shark attacks to secure an A rating. And this one was chosen because it was originally part of a longer concept that was left on the storyboards. Had it gone ahead as planned, Jerry's character, after the shark rammed his windscreen, as you see at the end of the deleted scene, would have been left for dead in the helicopter bubble, now fast filling with water. He then would have attempted to save himself by getting in his oxygen mask, only to have to risk his life and escape when he sees the shark going for Marge after she saves Sean. Jerry is now retired, but still likes to give flying lessons. Chuck, let's get some flying lessons from Jerry. <laughs> that would be fantastic. <laughs> It has to be in the bubble helicopter. Yeah, he I married want to in the helicopter. He married his high school sweetheart. Uh, he travels the world regularly with his wife. Jerry also built the helicopter model used for the shark attack. At the end of the movie, work it. Uh, after the end of the movie, it was sold to Universal. It was built to look like the one he flew and was constructed using mostly used. Wrecked parts of real hawk helicopters. Chuck, we need to get this guy in the podcast. Yes, we do. I think there's a final girl type in this movie. Or at least I tried to make her a final girl. It's the one that Mikey had the hots for. Yeah, I can't remember her. All I know is I think they wanted her to be the final girl because every time something happens, they always cut to her screaming. Right. And it's very grating. Um, <laughs> good screams. But it gets old because they keep doing it over and over again because she's like losing her mind throughout the entire movie, I guess. Um, but I mean, yeah, you'd lose your mind, too, if like there was like 
a shark that is actually bent on revenge. Your friends, yeah. <laughs> like a calculated, psych, like psychopathic, hyper intelligent shark that is like actively like. Yeah. And it's not it's it's not eating for food. It's killing for pleasure.
Uh, anything else you want to see about Jaws 2? Um, it's the best of the sequels. It is. Jaws 3. Can we start about something with Jaws 3 that I have to get off my chest? Do it. It clearly does not give a crap about geography. No. I've been to that SeaWorld. I don't think... <laughs> it's Orlando. Orlando is landlocked. <laughs> Do they ever explain where it's supposed to be? I think I think they're sort of trying to merge like SeaWorld with like Marine Land. I guess. Or so. like there's another water park in like North Florida that's like right on the beach, but SeaWorld is bigger. Yeah. So I guess that's what they were. Yeah. Like it, it, but it's I I never caught where like what state, what city, what planet um <laughs> All I know is something about Venezuela. That's they're not not in Venezuela, but there's a thing in Venezuela. That's all I got. That's the only location I know in this movie. What's the thing about Venezuela? I missed that. Um. Okay, so Dennis Quaid, who plays Michael Brody of the Brothers Brody, right? Um. He is an underwater engineer, and he apparently has a job in Venezuela waiting for him. But he's with his sweetheart. At SeaWorld, after he finished this job, I mean, he he finishes this new structure, right? But his sweetheart is a is is an orca trainer, right? Right. Works for Shamu. I think that's Shamu. Is it supposed to be Shamu? I think so. This was like this was like when Shamu was brand new at SeaWorld. Yeah, uh, but it was in Orlando. I don't think it was Orlando. What was was Shamu in Orlando? I think Shamu may have been in San Diego, but no, 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 no. We had Shamu in Orlando. I remember there was like a whole thing about the Shamu show when I was a kid. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, his girlfriend is there. Anyway, the whole tension of the movie is like, is he going to take the job in Venezuela and leave her in Orlando or Atlantis or wherever this place is? I don't know. Yeah, all it, all it, I'm looking at Wikipedia real quick, and all it says is. Well, first of all, it doesn't it, the plot is funny. The plot thing opens up while following an unsuspecting team of water skiers, a great white shark enters an aquatic park through its closing gates. Meanwhile, Florida announces the opening of the park's new underwater tunnels. So it's in just some mythical part of Florida. <laughs> it doesn't make sense at all. <laughs> but it is SeaWorld, right? They do make yeah. a point of SeaWorld. Yeah, so very much. The only SeaWorld in Florida is in Orlando. Yeah, landlocked. Just landlocked. I live next door to it. Right. I I there. Yeah. So I, I remember one thing I do remember about this movie because it came out when I was one is the do you remember the terrors of the deep attraction at SeaWorld, which is when you go through that tunnel and you can see the sharks. Right. Yeah. The tunnel is down. I remember it was my mom or someone saying that, like, because I'd seen Jaws three and they're like, yeah, this is like the tunnel had collapsed and then they just like worked around it. <laughs> Um, I love the terror of the deep exhibit because it ends with uh, who the who is the true terror of the deep man. <laughs> like a big comic panel, it just says man. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's it is funny watching this movie because I spent a lot of time at SeaWorld. Um, every time I had relatives or friends come around town, they all wanted to go to SeaWorld. And here's the thing: I hate SeaWorld. SeaWorld. Like, as an, organ sucks. <laughs> as an organization, they actually do a lot. Like, I, I think it's unfortunate, you know, what's happened with the whole Blackfish thing and how that's been such a, such a, like, a just a stain on their legacy. Because, like, I've been out surfing before when, like, 
there was a manatee that had been hit by a boat that was stranded on the beach. And like SeaWorld showed up, like they drove all the way out from Orlando, like people from SeaWorld showed up and they like helped nurse this manatee and take it to like rehabilitate it. Like they do actually really a lot of good work. Um, but, um, but they also, you know, uh, exploit these whales that have no business in these tanks. Um, I was used to, they don't do that anymore. But on top of that, that park nickel and dimes you to death. <laughs> it's dirty. It smells. It smells so bad. I'll never forget the smell. And it's always hot. There's nowhere to, to, to run from the heat. It is the most impressively so hot park. It's like there's that section of the world showcase at Epcot, like near the U, U, the, the, the U.S. pavilion. Yeah. That's just like ungodly hot. And right. like all of SeaWorld is that. The only the only reprieve is the Arctic expedition, but you have to sit through a horrible ride. For oh, that horrible 3D ride? It's like a flight simulator. Yeah. Uh, and there's also uh, there's also a penguin exhibit, but the smell is so god-awful. Not worth it. I'll roast. Um, <laughs> SeaWorld. I used to go every year at my school. There was always like an annual trip to SeaWorld. I'm pretty sure I went every month, and I don't know why. I don't know why. I spent so much time there, yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's because it's like the cheapest park. Um, anyway, so this movie takes place in SeaWorld. We've covered that. Yeah. Um, also, another kind of thing that's sort of inspired by slashers, like people who die, they don't die in front of people. It's always like away from a crowd. Yeah. You're never really sure like what happened. Oh, someone just disappeared. Oberman, the poor buff dude who's trying to, you know, fix the gate yeah um the the the, the uh, i forgot her name what is what is mikey's girlfriend's name in this movie uh cat k Catherine. yeah Catherine k morgan yeah i don't really get her character um when she discovers that they have a, a baby great white and she's like super stoked about it she's right. like we, we can get this in captivity no no great white is in captivity anywhere Gee, I wonder why. Well, it's because their range requires the entire ocean. Like, they, they die in captivity. Exactly. You were explaining that to me. And I'm like, I feel like that's something she should probably know. <laughs> you know what I mean? And she's like, super stuck. We're going to have this great white. We're going to be so famous. Can, can, we, can we talk about the fact that this, this is a 10-foot great white? It is yeah. full. It is eating multiple people by the time they capture it, right? That arc has changed sizes. Changes sizes throughout the movie. Right, because then there's a part where they're in a wading pool with it. Yes. And they're holding <laughs> and walking around with it. About the and size of a dolphin at that point. Yeah, I, I love it when it just like flips over on its back. They're like, no, don't do that. Oh, no, it's dead. But I love it. It's like, this thing that ate people a few minutes ago, you were actually running from it a few minutes ago. Dolphins had to save you. <laughs> dolphins. Sandy and Cindy, am I right? Is that? I think you're right. I think you're right. I gotta ver I gotta verify. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Which I hope I got the dolphin. Oh man. No, it doesn't say their names. I think it's Sandy and Cindy. I don't know which one is which. I think Cindy is the one that almost gets eaten. It is like it has it's a muffled. But I just love that. Okay, this thing has the, the guys. This shark ate the coral divers. Yes. The illegal coral divers, <laughs> and that are better never... out of the freshwater. I, the scene where the shark eats the coral divers, they took "Don't Show the Shark" to the to a next to the next level. Oh yeah, because 
they just go underwater <laughs> and don't come back up. Right, it's that's- not an elaborate scene. It's like, I fell in the water. He's not coming up. I forgot to mention, I do love the part where, like, in Jaws 2, the entire movie comes to a halt just so Roy Scheider can crawl across that cable awkwardly with that little rubber raft below him. Yeah, a little rubber raft in his oar. And he's doing dun, dun. That, I, I, back to Jaws 2. One thing we didn't talk about is the shark's death is fantastic. It is. It's great. I love that death. I mean, it's no smile, son of a bitch. But take open a big bite. Aw. It's great. See, it would have been better if he said, take a big bite, you son of a bitch. I would have liked that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's it, it go. But the thing is, the the way they kill Jaws is so cool. Like I love those last moments. They're so heroic. But like mm-hmm. in this one, he's in a little rubber raft with a little paddle. Ping, <laughs> ping. It's just like okay, it's just it's not as cool. It's nowhere near as cool. But it's well, still fun. Dude, I love the, it's a great okay. death. Let's talk about Jaws three. Jaws three. Uh, back to Jaws three. The, the yeah. baby shark dies, right? So baby shark doot doot dies, and <laughs> mama shark comes in. Yeah. And it's like this big, huge shark that she's now like, I'm getting revenge. Have you not? Did you notice? And I don't I hadn't seen this movie in a long time before I watched it for this episode. That shark is immobile for this, for most of this movie. It's just a still object. Yeah. For most of the movie, it's not even moving. Uh, but I noticed that like, even like most of the scenes where they're trying to like catch it or it's attacking them, it's, it's not moving at all. Like it's just stuck in a place. It only moves. It only actually. We only actually see it move like twice. Once when it's like heading towards the underwater restaurant, and second time when it's heading toward the control room. <laughs> Which is when it when it heads toward the the restaurant is when it breaks through the window in that just horribly bad scene, right? With like yeah. the glass, like it's clearly like supposed to be seen in three D, and like. Which yeah. I think is like a really cool. I I bet this all sounded like kick ass on paper oh like totally. us attacks an underwater like theme park yeah, i'll give you millions of dollars for that totally but, like they just completely with it <laughs> yeah it's, first of all the, the big the biggest problem with this movie the biggest most glaring problem it looks like crap like converting it to 3d they just like ruined the movie it's probably the worst print of a movie i've ever seen that's yeah. like for a movie um and the, yeah, well, I was gonna say I was just trying to think. A shark attacking a park. I'm wondering, did Colin Trevorrow basically try to remake this for Jurassic World? Was that? I mean, I'm sure. He, I, I I don't I don't doubt that that my captain, Captain Trevorrow, <laughs> did not glean some inspiration from it. <laughs> um, but. Uh, I mean, there's some some cool sequences. Like, I, I remember vividly, like, I was watching this when I was a kid. The part where it attacks the tunnel and it starts filling up with water, that's pretty scary. That's Yeah, that part is actually legit scary. By the way, the scale of that, it was like, every time I see that scene, I, I'm, like, sort of blown away the scale. Because I'm like, how deep is this tunnel? Like, it's they just... It's too. It's what? They said that the lagoon is man-made. Right. So, so, yeah. The thing is that the size of the set they filmed The Abyss in, it's yeah. huge. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks to Michael Brody, his uh, his uh, pinch for engineering, you know? Oh, that's right. I forget. He's like the engineer. That's right. And that's the thing that bugs me about this movie, right? Because Sean is a marine biologist in this one, right? No, Sean, Sean hates the water. He doesn't want to have anything to do with the ocean. That's He's a Colorado. That's right. He's the Cal- Thompson. 
but then he meets Leah Thompson. He's like, come on, get in the water with me, which I mean. Oh, my God. How did I forget that Leah Thompson's in this movie? <laughs> I will Thompson. say, every movie leading up to Back to the Future, she, Leah Thompson is so underutilized, you forget that she's in movies. Right. Like, it, she almost becomes plaster because she's so underutilized. She just plays oh. the dumbest characters. What about, I mean, Back to the Future, make me realize, oh, she's actually, like, a great actress. Yeah. Howard the Duck. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, even like movies like Red Dawn or um, right. that Tom Cruise movie she was in. I think it was Risky Business. Um, she's not very good in those films. But I, I blame the directors because she's amazing in Back to the Future. She's really great in Back to the Future. Um, my, my, the one standout scene in this movie that will all, like, I always think of is the way the shark dies. When the dude in the red, first of all, I loved his red wetsuit. I was just like, all about that red wetsuit. And he's in there holding the grenade. And he's just yeah. like, how is, first of all, how is the shark up choking to death? The dude's just in there. Doesn't the, shark have, people, like, <laughs> doesn't the shark have a tongue? Yeah. Which yeah. sharks have tongues? Oh, I, I will give you credit for that, too. When that guy dies, the guy in the red suit, the, the Jacques Cousteau animal. Yeah. Um, I do love that they show his death from the inside of the shark. Yes, because you see the teeth. Yeah, that's and he that's gets, like crushed by the jaws. Yeah, it's awesome. He doesn't get chewed up. He gets yeah. But anyway, uh, that's a great death in this movie. I think that might be the best death in this movie. Is is that guy, the French guy? Um, but, but that's how the shark. Right, they reach shark. in, hold a pin. Yeah, largely <laughs> immobile. <laughs> I don't know how he got killed. A shark isn't moving. I, the the water skiing stuff. It's like. That shark, ha I don't know much about sharks, Chuck. You know, you surf with them. Um, <laughs> can, can a shark chase a water skier and, like, actually catch up to them? A mako could. Yeah? I don't know about a great white, but a mako could. Makos are terrifying. I watched a, I watched a documentary of them once where they put, a, uh, they put a camera on the bottom side of a boat, like a, like a you know, fishing boat, whatever, and um, they put it right by the motor. And what they did was they drug a, um, they drug like a tuna or something behind the boat. Uh -huh. And the shark, the shark is like chasing after the boat. Yeah. And then it's like trying to get the tuna. They notice that Makos bite the tails off of their fish before they eat them because it immobilizes them. So it bites the tail off this tuna they're dragging, but obviously the tuna doesn't stop. The shark, like the boat goes, I mean, the boat's going fast. I don't know what the speed is, but the boat's, I mean, fast enough to pull someone on a water ski. Um, the shark disappears and then it comes at ramming speed and starts ramming the boat motor to make the boat stop moving. Wow. Um, so like a Mako could do it, but I think, I don't think great whites are that fast. Well, I don't know they, they have enough speed to propel themselves up out of the water. So maybe I'm wrong about that, but I feel like there's, you got to have sort of a sustained amount of energy and speed to be able to catch up on like a water skier. Yeah. You have to be like a torpedo. Yeah. I just can't see it. And and and, and and let's not even, I mean, and we're not talking about just one type of water skier. We're talking about a pyramid of water skiers. <laughs> yeah. <With Leah laughs> really, up. They're really showcasing that SeaWorld water ski show. <laughs> With the polka dancers on the stage. That was a real thing. Do you remember, do you ever go see the water skiing show? Uh, sadly, yes. Okay. Every right. time I was a kid, every time I was a kid and went to SeaWorld, I saw it, I was like, where's the shark? Where's the shark eat somebody? <laughs> Uh, and the, the Silver Bullets. Um, you remember the Silver Bullets? No. The guys in gray costumes, they were doing like all the flips and stuff. Okay, whatever. Oh, right, right, right. 
Had a bold move to call them the Silver Bullets at a place that's owned by Anheuser Busch. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so gosh, I can't really say much about this movie, Chuck. This, this is not a good film. Um, <laughs> no, so it's not. This is a disaster of a movie. Um, Dennis Quaid was apparently um, high on coke the entire time they were filming. I can believe it. I think everybody was high on coke in this movie. <laughs> According to cocaine. Yeah, I will say though. Um, the part where, <laughs> I, when I when I in my my Orlando days, I did go on a VIP tour of SeaWorld, and they took us to an area behind the scenes, and they were they 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 they, they pointed out that the area that we were in was the area where Dennis Quaid threw up, <laughs> where he saw the body. And I was like, oh okay, that's that's a fun tidbit. That's great. I hate that movie. Uh, <laughs> They're cool. <laughs> Just like I hate the steam park. <laughs> I just, I, why not have a VIP tour? I don't know. I just love this. I love the, like, you know, you, you just, ostensibly other things have been filmed in SeaWorld. And like, you're walking through and they're like, eh, this is the part where Dennis Quaid threw up in this movie that's like famously bad. <laughs> <laughs> that does not do our park any favors. You too will throw up after smelling the penguin exhibit. <laughs> I'm just, yeah, and that's another thing. I'm imagining Dennis Quaid here and be like, oh, Dennis, you really took over the team <laughs> coming out to this park and acting in it. All right. So we've, we've, I think we said enough about Jaws 3, yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Let's get to the, the, mm, the creme de la creme. Yeah. Uh, well, we, we got, well, before Jaws. we get I just want to talk about the part. The, the amazing part where the shark comes through the glass in the control room at zero speed. Yes. Uh, great scene. Everyone disappears. Um, uh, Dennis, Mike, and, and his girlfriend surface. We have no idea what happens to anybody else in the movie. And then she just goes, they're okay. And it's <laughs> with the dolphins coming up at the bottom of the screen. Right. And freeze frame. The dolphins are framing the scene. That's and right. They are not there. This is a 3D effect, and it looks awful. It looks like something you would get when they take your picture at Disney World or at SeaWorld, and they insert the fish in the picture. Yes, yes. We have to. We have to find a way to include that in the in the, in the film version of this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> the two dolphins, Cindy and Sandy. Cindy didn't get eaten. She's here, guys. Hey. Why well, couldn't they have, like, strapped a bomb to one of those dolphins and have it, like, blow the shark up? That's what I'm saying. You know what they needed? Darwin. I was saying Darwin from Steve Quest DSV. <laughs> that could have brought Roy Scheider back. <laughs> Mile use, son of a bitch. <laughs> okay. Let's okay. talk this series off the best way we know how. With 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 Jaws the Revenge, the cherry on top of the Jaws Sunday. Um, my dad the only, me- reason, the only reason Peter Benchley wrote the novel Jaws is because he knew somehow he'd received a vision from God that Jaws the Revenge would be made someday. Oh, he I'm sorry. he's like the David. He's like the David from Prometheus dipping the thing in the glass. Such things begin with such small, like small. <laughs> Whatever. He's like, I'm gonna write Jaws so that we get Jaws the Revenge. 
Yeah, I need to make one more. There, there are two things I forgot. I neglected to mention for Jaws 3D. Sorry, we're gonna get to Jaws Revenge. Can we please just keep not talking about Jaws Revenge and keep talking about Jaws 3? <laughs> first, first factoid. Factoid number one about Jaws 3D, written by Richard Matheson. Okay. Who wrote um, the Omega Man, <laughs> the Last Man on Earth? I guess. Or no, no, no. I am Legend. He wrote I am Legend. Yeah. Also wrote the Incredible Shrinking Man. Uh, incredible writer, <laughs> amazing guy. Just needed a paycheck, I guess. I don't know. He wrote Jaws three. Uh, Factoid number two: It was supposed to be a comedy. Right. This is the one that was supposed to be what Jaws three people zero. Yeah, National Lampoon's Jaws three people zero. That's right. Uh, I forgot why they didn't go forward. The, um, maybe they thought it would be funny. <laughs> didn't Spielberg actually get upset about it because he was worried it would, it would tarnish the first film? I think you're right. I think he said, like, listen, I don't care what you do with these sequels. I'm not directing them. But the third one, we need to retain some respectability. Yeah. So I'm going to go all to SeaWorld. And so they made anti-comedy So they made, they made an anti-comedy film. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, Jaws the Revenge. We got that all the way. We're done with Jaws 3D, finally. Oh, one more thing about Jaws 3D. I forgot. Uh, <laughs> Okay, Jaws of Revenge. My dad took me to see this movie when I was a little kid. Scare the crap out of me. Listen, because the first I, scene. Go, go for it. it. It's just, it's just, it's, it's, it's horrifying. Wait, wait okay, I want to get into it. So one thing I want to share. You saw it in theaters. I don't. I'm trying to remember if I saw it in theaters or not too. I was little, but I remember. I, I think my mom took me to see like ET or something in theaters and one of its like revival like come around things. And I remember being out in the hallway of the movie theater, and this is possibly my first memory, JP, is standing in front of the standee poster version of Jaws the Revenge, and that, the image of that shark coming up. Yeah. Just like, being like, I have to see this. I'm like three or four years old, and I'm like, I have to see this. Right. Um, I don't think I quite understood what sequels were, um, all I knew I was I was seeing Jaws, and I knew what Jaws was. It was a shark. Yep, Jaws. I I also somehow saw the version that I saw most as a kid was the international release version. I don't know how that's the case. You know, there's two different versions of the movie. Yeah, uh-huh. which we'll get to. So when I saw the American version one time, I was like, wait, whoa, 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 what happened? To, what happened to Mario Van Peebles? <laughs> yeah, Mario Van Peebles stays dead in my version that I saw in theaters. Yeah, I the one I always saw was when he lives. Yeah, I didn't even know that existed until we got to college. Yeah. <laughs> um, which just tells you how many times I've seen this movie. I actually have seen this movie quite a few times, but like I said, there's so much padding that it's not that hard. For Gosh, okay. Can we talk about, first, before we get into the specifics, let's talk about something that I pointed out in our early conversation about this movie before we started recording, or before you know we were planning the episode, is... The fact that it comes in at exactly 91 minutes. <laughs> yes. Which means, okay, you've got a movie about a shark eating people. And it's it's a shark with revenge on its mind. Right, right. And you can't make a, you, you have to stretch to make it just past an hour and a half. And not only that, like you said, there's so much padding in this movie how do you not have a movie? I know. I know. <laughs> um, this You've got movie... Lauren Gray, right? Or is that her name? 
Lauren Gray, isn't that who plays? Uh, I, oh, Ellen Brody. I think she's just Ellen Brody. Ellen Brody. She is perfectly triangular in this movie, if I could describe her. Yes. Um, with the hairdo and sh- and shoulder pads, with a very it's a very late '80s thing. If you weren't in the late '80s, you wouldn't understand. JP, they are trying to evoke the triangular shape of the shark fin in yeah. her world. <laughs> right. Um, I'm not knocking her, by the way. That was just the fashion back then. Yeah. yeah. All about triangles for some reason. Upside down, bright red. Hard um, angles, jewel tones, triangles. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and she, I mean, she just looks like 1989. Um, oh, that's right. This came out in 89. Did it? Or was it nine? Or was it 87? Actually, it might have been 87. Yeah, still late 80s. It's still tracks. Still tracks, okay? Yeah, 87. 87. Still tracks. If it came out 89, that would be hilarious because it was up against, what, like, Lethal Weapon 2, Batman. <laughs> yeah, okay. So let's talk about this opening scene because this is the one that clearly stuck out to us as children. This is the best part of the movie. Because Sean dies, which feels deserved to me because he pissed me off so much in Jaws 2. Yeah, yeah. Um, but when I was a kid, it was it was creepy to like watch this guy like reach in the water and then suddenly lose his arm. <laughs> yeah, and not only just lose his arm, we have to film the realization that he's lost his arm. Yeah, because he's grabbing at it, like which is such a Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> um, he and uh, and then of course, but it's what, but by the way, it is also. So obvious that his arm is tucked inside his costume. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I'm like, why don't you just untuck your arm, Sean? Oh, because you're still <laughs> it's back. <laughs> um and then I forgot how the shark gets him out of the boat after that. I think the shark takes a bite out of the boat. Is what we're about to believe. The big bite mark on it, right? There's a big hole on the side of it, which causes it to sink. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. And then he grabs on the log. Yeah. And then and the log comes up. Pretty effective. But I watched it recently. I should I should have been I did not watch this movie in preparation because I couldn't find it. Sorry. But I've watched it enough to know something. But this this scene, it's actually not good. Um, not as good as as Ned's death in Jaws 2. Nowhere near. Um most of the shark footage is just quick cuts and edits. Yeah. I don't flash of the or whatever. Yeah. That shark is not present at all in that scene. I don't think they had a shark in that scene to film with. <laughs> no. I think it's just cuts. <laughs> maybe maybe a shark didn't actually kill him. Maybe he uh you know maybe it was just all, all But you know what? If you watch that scene you're like, wow the shark isn't even in this scene. Oh don't worry. <laughs> you get to see plenty of the shark throughout the movie. Finally, we get to see the shark. (laughs) Because every time that shark attacks somebody, it is halfway out the water in slow motion, going like a sock puppet. I also love, I forgot, just talking about this reminded me, there's that shot where we actually see the shark journeying to the Bahamas. Yeah. (laughs) There's a random shot where you see it like moving. Swims past the submersible. Just swims past. Like, what? This is the Bahamas. I don't think I sure could have survived out here. 
And then it becomes like an Ahab thing, right? Like Mario Van Peebles, like, we got to get that shark. And Mikey's like, I know that shark's, I know that shark's family. You don't want it. <laughs> Mario Van Peebles, by the way, has this great, horrible Jamaican, Bahamian accent. Yeah. Of the movie to the point where, like, at, in the version that I saw where he lives at the end, I, I could swear that, like, it's the same line or delivery from Cool Runnings. You dead yet? <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Uh, my, my stuff don't crap out, man. That's um, right. So, like, yes, John dies, and then Mrs. Brody has to goes down to the Bahamas to visit Mike, uh, to mourn and trying to just to get away from Amity. Not just to mourn. <laughs> Well, but not uh, just to mourn. Uh-uh. She's not there to mourn. <laughs> Helen's Ellen Brody to get her groove back. That's right. <laughs> this is where the movie turns into that, turns into the Jimmy Buffett song, Fins. It's about those fins to the left and fins to the right, man. She is single and ready to mingle. It's great. I love that Jaws 3 takes place in SeaWorld and Jaws 4 takes place in Margaritaville. <laughs> and I... It's true. And what I do love, too, is they find a way to say that the shark killed Brody. <laughs> I know. He died of a heart attack, but that's, it was the shark. That's the delirious, delirious moment where, like, Mikey's like, Dad died of a heart attack. Sorry. I'm... Is that better? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> She's like, Mikey's like, Dad died of a heart attack. She's like, no, the shark killed him. Because <laughs> I'm because it made me imagine like Brody in the hospital, <laughs> and he's on his on his uh, in his hospital bed, and one of the nurses is just like a shark wearing the nurse uniform, and he turns up the morphine, just <laughs> just he puts like a pillow over his head. <laughs> this is what mess with the Jaws family, Brody. Oh, um, <laughs> Brody is going to get her groove back. With my cocaine. With my cocaine. My cocaine. Co which I love you say, my cocaine. <laughs> which is, why was the movie made? My cocaine. <laughs> um, as, as Hoagie. Hoagie. Which is um, a type, like, which I love, by the way, but I pointed out, you have to remember that a Hoagie is a type of hero sandwich. And there's no way that they did not name him that because he's, Heroic. Super heroic sandwich. He's and he's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a Cessna plane pilot? Yes. Not a uh, helicopter pilot, unfortunately. He's not our buddy. Michael is now a marine biologist. Right. We've, we've completely ignored career. the continuity of Jaws 3. He gave up the lucrative career of building underwater cities uh, <laughs> to become a marine biologist in Margaritaville. Um, but he, married, really he, married, he married a metal sculpture artist. Yes, because that 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 that's such a that is such an eighties thing, right? Like yeah, like boomers who like loved that kind of art back then. Oh yeah. If you were to ask a uh, boomer, like, what would you do for a living if you didn't actually have to work? You're like, ah, oh, just weld art, man. Yeah, dude. <laughs> it's kind of like, what, kinda like what, it's kind of like what Bob Dylan does, right? He does that like gate welding, like art. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's the setup. <laughs> and there is a scene where you watch a child traumatized watching someone getting eaten off of a banana boat. Which would be a great scene if the shark, 
in slow motion didn't come out of the water and roar. <laughs> this is where the movie breaks all the rules of judge. This is the J.J. Abrams version of the movie, but we're going to do the opposite, right? Well, we didn't, the first one didn't show the shark. Well, now we're going to show the shark. You're going to get a money shot every scene. I mean, the scenes are going to be really spread far apart because we got we to <laughs> create this whole story of Ellen Brody getting over everyone's deaths. <laughs> and we got to create a romance between her and Hoagie. Because that's why you're here, right? That's what you want to see? Yeah. You, the poster is the shark splashing out of the water as like a boat is going to ram. Basically, the climactic shot of the movie is the poster. Yeah. And that's why you want to see the movie, not... not you see, I, I feel like there, there probably is a way to interpret this movie where the shark is sort of figurative as it's like about like Michael dealing with his mom dating a new man, right? But obviously nobody has enough like artistic sensibility to try to make that work in any kind of interesting way. No, no one's even bothering to ask why the shark that killed my brother is now in the Bahamas with me. Oh, no, they, it's in the title. It's revenge. <laughs> I know. But it's like... It's the I'm, eternal struggle between the Brody family and the shark. It's basically like the crap that we've done to Ellen Ripley. You right. know? She's just a space trucker. And now suddenly her fate is completely all the time constantly entwined with these xenomorphs. Right. Um, which is so crazy. Because, like, Jaws have been perfect for, like, just... A different shark story with different shark protagonists in each movie. Like you could have just done a movie with with Hooper in Australia, right? You could have done a movie with like a shark in uh, Greenland or something. Like you didn't have to follow the Brodies, <laughs> the Brody boys. Um, yeah. So, okay. So, what are the scenes with the shark in this movie? There. Few and far between. Yeah, there's there's the there's the there's the there's the there's that B-roll shot of the hilariously robotic shark just moving from one side of the screen to the other, and its head kind of its tail barely moving. I just like saying the word submersible. I like submersible. Yeah, is that because I like when it attacks a submarine? That's a cool scene. Rams it. Yeah, uh, that is a cool scene, and it is cool. I, I love. I, this is when like they introduced the. Uh, the scuba gear that actually have walkie talkies in them so you can talk underwater. Right. That's interesting. Um, I guess the whole point is like, we're, we're kind of dealing with mad scientists now. Like Mario Van Peebles is like creating all this. He's like, he's the Egon of the movie. Yes. Of, yes. The, of the shark busters. He is the Egon. Oh my gosh. No, there's, there's another sequel idea. There's shark <laughs> busters a team. Yeah. So I'm saying they could have done that. I don't know why they got to focus on all the Brody kids. I don't know. That doesn't make sense. Um, I mean, I guess Roy Scheider's awesome. You want to keep him coming back, but he was out the second movie. Uh, after the second movie. Anyway, there's that. And I guess there was... Um, when does he eat the airplane that we all think Michael Caine dies in? That's when... Um, that's when after the banana boat scene... Um, at, banana boat scene that like she like decides to commandeer a sailboat and go like cat mayhab like oh no yeah she gets a freaking like pirate ship and that, that that's her ripley scene right yeah she goes ripley for a minute she she sees the shark kill the poor woman uh, and then is like i'm gonna go kill this shark i have no idea how in shock and then so she like gets up and determines determinately just like 
steals this sizable boat. Because she's got her groove back. That's right. And it's time it's time for her to to insert her groove. I don't know. Yeah, so, uh, so now she is yeah, so now she is uh yeah, now she is on her way to the great ocean to take on the shark. And right. that's when they're like, we got to go stop her. And so they get Hoagie and he gets in his Cessna to go fly after her. And Cessnas are not designed to land on water. And he's just sort of like, hey, you know what? This airplane's several hundred thousand dollars. But you know what? For the love of my life, I'll land it in water and let it sink. <laughs> and you know that the whole reason they did that was just so that Michael and Hoagie have some time together. Right. Because later you, can go on, later you can go to the Bahamas and go on a snorkeling trip and they can take you to see the sunken plane. So like Michael and Hoagie, you know, they have a relationship that needs to be established as well. Right. Right. And this is the perfect time. They have they both have a shared goal to find Ellen and they're in the Cessna. And this is the part where Hoagie tells you, listen, I know I'm not your father. Your father was a great man. He killed two sharks. I can never do that. But I, I am a pilot, and I'm a pretty good one, and I'm going to show you how good of a pilot I am by landing this bad boy in the ocean. He doesn't say any of that, but like if I were riding it, he lands a plane in the ocean and puts him in this precarious situation where they have to swim to the boat in the but water. That's why, but that's why they're so. That's what. Well, that's what makes it so dramatic because Mikey's like, "You're a good guy, Hoagie. I like you. I think my mom should, really should be with you." So then when the shark attacks the plane and Hoagie goes down with it, both Mikey, I keep calling him Mikey, Michael, both Michael and Ellen feel that dramatic impact. Right. Well, and there's also, of course, if you take it to a slightly Freudian impact, right, it's the, it's the sun is swimming again, right? Like how he was when he was a, a sperm, he swam to, you know, his mother. And so now he's doing the same, right? And she is, you know, she has occupied a... Um, Oh, what's the term I'm thinking of here? It's the opposite of, of phallic. It's uh, uh, ovarian. No, 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 no. no. Uh, I don't know what the opposite of phallic is. I used to know it. I used to know it. Anyway, but that's the ship, right? The ship has that cradle of life image. And so he's swimming to it where his mother is. And it's like a rebirth. And I, I don't know. This is... <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to find something in this movie to grab onto let's just be honest right it becomes very like very macho right because she penetrates the shark well before that there's the wonderful scene where they uh, annoy it to death <laughs> yeah they shoot they they flash their flashlights at it they're they're everyday flashlights they're everlasting flashlights Right, because they, they stuck that tracker on it, and they've not managed to find a way to sort of, like, send, like, some kind of a feedback into the shark through the tracker. Because thanks to aliens, that was a big thing in the 80s, too, right? Beep, beep, uh, beep, beep, beep. It's getting closer. Remember, um, Jaws, the Jaws video game had that. That's true. It did, yes. Yes, Jaws video game, not the later PlayStation one. Exactly. And the NES Jaws game, you could play as Hoagie. You could. Uh, there's a part where you're, like, dropping bombs or something in the ocean. I remember that. I <laughs> Um, but no, that's that's a great part because they're like they're flashing these lights at it, which I don't get what they are. I don't get what it's supposed to be. But it's like great. Whoop, whoop, yeah, sound of like yeah, the flash bulb firing and up. The shark would jump out of the water in slow motion and roar. Full and roar. <laughs> roar. 
Um, and like every time it went off, listen, bro. When I was a kid and I watched these movies, I never once that never crossed my mind. Oh, of course, sharks roar. I just, I was I was on board with it. It wasn't until later I was like, wait, hold on a second. Sharks don't have vocal cords. <laughs> they have yeah, lungs. No, it's not beyond the realm of possibility for the shark to, to jump out of the water. That's what these things do. Like, I mean, there's video of like sharks. Like, I mean, what do they do? They go down like a hundred feet and they just propel themselves like tor- torpedoes, which is horrifying to watch, by the way. Yeah, and the um, nails flying. Yeah. But like this, this guy doesn't even come out of the water. He's just kind of like, just uh, yeah, like a dolphin in Sea World, like. <laughs> 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 and that's how he gets scaled. This one, it learned something. It learned something from its time at SeaWorld. Just... Yeah. I learned this from my from Cindy and Sandy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's why he gets impaled. Which, by the way, but before that happens, you know, she's she's about she's ramming speed on the boat, right? And then she gets the images of Brody. First, well, first it's Sean dying. Right. Uh, gruesome death. And then Brody, smile, you son of a bitch. The movie you all wish we were watching instead of this one. Right. And he rams a shark and it impales the shark and like the whole boat. Fountain of blood, if I recall. Yeah. And then yeah. the kid. international version of this movie, the shark explodes. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. Yes. That's funny. Somehow, it's like she popped a water balloon. Like, it explodes. It's just a <laughs> cold red in chunks. That's It's all the groove. She and, then, and then, from you underwater, you see the parts of the shark falling, and it's the exact same shot from the first Jaws movie, just reused, of the fin coming down. That's crazy. Oh, my gosh. It's so funny. Um, <laughs> because, I mean, the shark blows up in all of them. So why not? Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, and then and then of course somewhere along the way, Mario Peoples dies, but not but depending on which version of the movie you watch, not really. He falls in the shark's mouth. I don't remember his death scene. He, was he in the submersible? Or no, no, he was on the boat and he falls into his mouth. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Was he even the plane with Hoagie and Mike? I think maybe he was. Anyway, he winds up on the on the boat with her or whatever. And at some point he falls like right before she rams the shark he falls into like the, like the shark is just like open mouth right like next to the boat he's just like ah, into the shark's mouth and um you know they should have they should have included the marge gulp something and <laughs> but you see the thing is is then like he's dead in the internet in, in, the, in the u.s version right the shark gets impaled and sinks and dies right so he's dead but because in the international version the shark explodes he's alive he comes out, he's like wounded. He's got like a puncture wound in his chest and it's bloody, but he's like, I'm okay, man. Like he's just floating in the water. Crap out, right? Um, like doesn't crap out. Is that what yeah. 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 Um, Kurt. Uh, Fit. <laughs> ah. Um, terrible movie. <laughs> it's so bad. It's so hard. I just, I, it's hard to sit through. Because there's so little happening. And maybe that's why they show the shark so much. Because it's like, listen, we know we put a lot of character stuff in here. A lot of heavy drama stuff. So we're going to pay it all off, which is the most realistic looking shark you've ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) Somehow the shark looks worse in Jaws the Revenge than it did in Jaws. Worse than Jaws 3D. 
Yeah. And that shark is just a still image moving in front of things. That, that shark doesn't even move. Um, right. So those are the Jaws sequels. We clearly love Jaws 2 the most. Oh, gosh. I mean, Jaws of Revenge, I think, is... You know what? No, I take it back. I think it's one of those movies that in my head, I'm like, I'm sure it's a good time to watch just to like have on. But no, because it's so much padding. It's a lot. It's a slog of them. What we described as like as like the entertaining parts of the movie, it's like that's the end. It's and like that the, actually, like, like, it's only two worthwhile things to watch. It's like a basketball game. Like the definition of an exploitation film. Mm-hmm. Because exploitation movies are known to just have like just a ton of padding. With, like, all of the money shots happening, like, very sporadically. Enough for, like, a trailer to get people to see the movie. Right. And it's really awkward acting. So it's, it's like the exploitation sequel. <laughs> Sharksploitation. Sharksploitation. Which, I mean, I, technically a, a genre. Um, so those are the Jaws sequels. And then, of course, we have the Jaws ride at Universal Orlando. Uh, May at Rest in Peace. Which, okay. The Jaws ride is... The plot of the Jaws ride is that you're on a boat tour of Amity Island. Yes. To sort of like talk about Eight boat tours. Yeah. To about the about the infamous shark incident that happened there. But they haven't seen a shark in forever. Blah 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 blah. It's safe. But for some reason, every boat captain is equipped with a grenade launcher. Grenade launcher. <laughs> <laughs> what is happening in Amity? The boat captain needs a grenade launcher. Is that just paranoid Brody? Like, okay, it's just going to be just a big hit because it could be bluefish, but it could be a shark. Well, in, in the queue, Jake does say, Captain Jake does say, um, they don't work. Um, it's just in case. We, you, we never use them and they don't even work. So don't worry. But they do work. Um, and, uh, that was... You know, one of my biggest regrets in life was I never got to be the skipper on the Jaws ride. Uh, my, I wanted that job so bad when I was a you, kid. So Jamie was this girl that was this girl that I worked with at the pet store, and she ended up getting a job as one of the skippers. And I got to I went to Universal with an ex girlfriend and her cousin who also used to work at Universal, and so we got like you know employee access or whatever. And then I told Jamie that I was there, and she was like, "Okay," she was like stand over here and i got to take a ride on the boat just me and like my friends nice i got a private jaws boat ride experience yeah one of my close friends uh when i was living in orlando he got to be the skipper and when i showed up one day with another friend of mine the part where uh hey amity base did you get that last transmission it sounded like JP and Ryan on Amity 3. Nice. Of course, it's, 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 it's Amity 3 is the boat that sank that, that job. Right, right, right. Because you hear the, the transmission room. It's actually, the line is actually Gordon on Amity 3. Um, Gordon, of course, is eaten by Jaws. And then Jaws tries to eat an entire boat. Yeah. You're off. <laughs> uh, um, there's great. Out. I love the fake out kill in that movie or in that ride. Yeah. Uh, oh, at the end. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. I, I love that he dies the same way 
the shark dies in Jaws 2 and is blown up by the grenade launcher. And you know that's there just in case the grenade launcher doesn't work. As in, like, the prop itself probably doesn't work. Because <laughs> I think it's a remote that, like, you press a button and it sets off the geysers to make yeah. it look like it is hitting. But sometimes I guess they wouldn't work, but the, yeah. the, the line was there, so. Yeah, I, because I, I, uh, it didn't work one time I was in the ride, I remember. And I remember when uh, when Jamie was, when she was doing her thing when we were on our private version of it, she was having fun just, like, not even looking and just <laughs> blindly shooting at the shark. I did always love that, like, you could tell if a skipper was having a bad day. Yeah. They weren't even trying. <laughs> yeah, it's not, Universal's not Disney where, like, if you're having a bad day, they hide you somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, if you're having a bad day, you're fired on the spot. Um, <laughs> at Universal, you can tell, like, where the employee is, like, this job sucks. Um, even though I would love to, I, I still would have loved it to the skipper. But I, I love that ride because I didn't realize that it was such a, like, uh, marvel of engineering. Because apparently getting a robot to like basically move in the water takes like a ton of power and not just move in the water but also like surface yeah like there's apparently there's like a ton of resistance against the robot the animatronic right and like it took them years to perfect that just well, to get it out of the water like well that. do you remember when universal studios orlando first opened they didn't have the jaws ride like it was like always like it's coming because i remember like i got it like living in orlando they sent out this like press packet to like everybody that was like about what the, was at the park and i remember like reading this whole thing about the jaws ride i'm like oh my gosh like i'm so excited about the jaws ride and then i went to universal for the first time and jaws ride wasn't open i was like you gotta be kidding me yeah because they had a they had an iteration of it but it kept breaking down because it couldn't come out of the water yeah force against the water they didn't hadn't mastered that yet yeah it took like two or three years before the jaws ride opened yeah um yeah the amity section of the park was fun because they it was like a it was like a boardwalk carnival it was always fourth of july always fourth of july yep uh um, and my favorite area during halloween horror nights the early years of halloween horror nights because that's where it was called it was amity was transformed into midway of the bazaar and it was just all dry ice like fog mm -hmm. with zombies hiding it's scary and we used to like back then that was the coolest thing we used to just stay in, in amity i feel like i went one time and they had like half man half fish monsters running around or probably maybe later when they started to get more money yeah the first time i went they weren't that huge it cost like 15 dollars to get in <laughs> Dude, the uh, the first time I ever went to Halloween Horror Nights was the best time, was the best one I ever went to, and it was so effective. We got there right when it started, and the door, I mean, when the gates opened, and all the fog poured out. Yeah. This had to be, like, 2000. Probably. Year 2000. Okay. Um, and I remember the theme that year was sort of like a, there was like a, it was like a Victorian gothic kind of thing. Yeah. Like, it had, like, a doctor or something. Anyway... I just remember walking through and they had all these people who were dressed like like Victorian, like, like Crimean War era, like medics and stuff, yeah. just standing still in the fog. And so as you would walk, you would just bump into them and they weren't like doing anything. They were just standing there. Yeah. It was so cool. It's awesome. I, I miss it so much. Um, 
But yeah, uh, the, the Jaws ride. Not much to be said about it. It was a, it was a good ride. It was a good ride. It was up there with like it and King Kong were up there, and then when T2-3D, like that was your trifecta of of, of Universal right there. Anywho, okay, so I think that's all we can say about uh, the sequels. You probably watched them many times on TNT or TBS <laughs> on a Labor Day weekend, maybe uh, maybe Fourth of July weekend. So I, I don't know. Let us know what you think about the Jaws sequels. Do you have any love in your heart for them? Any kind of fondness? Do you confuse Jaws two and Jaws one every now and then, like JP does? Oh my um, God! Ever confuse Jaws the Revenge or Jaws three with any of the others? No, never. <laughs> uh, or maybe you've never seen them. I don't know. Did we spoil everything? Sorry. All right. So next week, we've misdirected these people enough. Yeah. Next week we'll be talking about. The original classic, Jaws. Deep Sea. Oh, <laughs> all right. So we're gonna we're gonna talk about the actual Steven Spielberg cinematic classic, Jaws. Jaws. So we'll be talking about that, and I'm excited because uh, it's a, I think it's a pretty good movie. Yeah, I think I think I think that's a, a fairly uncontroversial opinion, right? That's yeah. You know, maybe not Jaws too good, but <laughs> listen. Listen, if you think I'm just going to stand here and watch that Kittner boy spill out all over this deck, you got another thing coming. Oh, what? So join us again next week. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, we hope you enjoy our return. And you had a great August. Have a great week. Good journey. Good journey. Good journey.